next uh, Sunday, we'll be World one, and we're going to be talking about unity and working together and what we can do together. So, but today we're concluding this series uh, we began on Easter, and so we're uh, coming to the uh, uh, last few weeks, you know, this is what we've been doing, we've been working on, and so we're going to conclude this series today, and you know, I will be honest, I, I struggled at first with uh, coming up with a message, you know, the, I, I go in one direction and, and then uh, deciding to go a different direction, and I knew where I wanted to get to, I knew at what I wanted to accomplish, but I didn't know how to get there just yet, and so through prayer and, and things, just asking God, what is it that I can what is it that I can uh, leave these people with this series? How can I conclude this series and so that we can start a new one the next week? And so today we're going to be taking a look from, Gen- from the book of Genesis. For those of you that don't know, Genesis is the first book of the Bible. And I'm going to read from chapter 28. Uh, some of you uh, may have heard the term Jacob's Ladder. You have probably seen the little toy, the thing that's called Jacob's Ladder, where it, you know, um, it, it's blocks that just kind of uh, descend, and you can flip them, and they do different things. But anyway, and then there's also, there was a song in the 80s that Huey Lewis in the News sang called Jacob's Ladder. But we're not talking about any of those things today. We're going to actually talk about the story of Jacob's Ladder in the Scriptures. Genesis chapter 28. And I'm going to begin reading at verse 10. Genesis chapter 28, verse 10. Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. And when he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And there above it stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east. To the north and to the south, all peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Early the next morning, Jacob took the stone he had placed under his head and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. He called that place Bethel, though the city used to be called Luz. Then Jacob made a vow, saying, If God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey I am taking and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear so that I return safely to my father's household, 
then the Lord will be my God. And this stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house, and of all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. You see, this story that I just read to you, this was the beginning of Jacob's spiritual journey. Jacob was about 57 years old here. Now, most of us, when we think of uh, Jacob leaving, we think that he was younger. But if you do the tracing and you figure out from when he had his children, how long he spent in Laban or in Haran with Laban, how he had, you know, and all these, and you, and you calculate everything up, it comes to basically he was about 57 to 63 years old. So roughly somewhere in that neighborhood. And this is when he started his spiritual journey. You see, we don't have any text in scriptures that we know of that we know that Jacob talked to the Lord at any point. If you go and read from the time that he was born to the time that he leaves, we don't see any interaction between him and God. There's no scriptures. So this was the first part of his spiritual journey. And when he left his father's house, he's going in search of a wife from his mother's brother Laban. And, from script, and, and, and so what we do know is that Jacob was a very mischievous person, right? Would you, would you agree with me on that? I mean, the guy basically cheated his brother out of a birthright. He went in, uh, he uh, uh, made his father think that he was his brother, and he, he stole his father's blessing. So you can say that he was kind of a mischievous person. And he was kind of a, a person that, you know, just that little punk brother. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody just had one of those brothers that you just, he got on your nerves? You got along, but I mean, this guy, you know, he just still, he's like, you know, he uh, maybe cheated you out a few things and you let it slip because he was your brother. Or maybe you knew somebody that, that, that was like this, that they would do anything to get ahead. Well, that's the kind of person that Jacob was. I mean, Jacob was thinking about himself. Matter of fact, his mother loved him probably more than she, more than, uh, she loved Esau. Esau. Esau was kind of more of his father's son. You know, he was kind of that manly man. He was hairy, and he was, you know, he was that go out hunting, go out kill something, bring it in. And uh, today, by today's standard, if you think about it, Jacob was probably more the guy that was the, you know, in there in the office, computer geek type guy, getting in there just, you know, uh, he, could, he could probably solve any problem today that there was because he was, he was that type of person. You know, he was more of the intellectual type. But, but Esau was that one, that warrior, go out and, you know, go hunting and fishing and, and ride big trucks, you know. Uh, but he was, he, you know, they were a complete difference in these two brothers. And so as Jacob goes out and he starts this journey, he gets to this place for the night to take a, uh, a nap. And this is when he has this dream. So I believe that there's five, there's, I believe there's uh, some things that we can learn from this journey that uh, Jacob went on. <clears throat> the first thing that we learn is that the journey isn't always easy. Our, like I said, this text, it's the first stop on Jacob's journey. We, we know that he's running from his brother. He, he's, his brother's basically already threatened to kill him. Uh, and because he stole his blessing, Esau's angry. He's so angry. He just he hates Jacob. He, he, he wants him dead. 
Um, he wanted to, to take him out. Uh, Genesis chapter 27, verse 41 says, Esau held a grudge against Jacob. And this was something that Esau wasn't going to forget at this point. Now, not, not only was he running away from home to save his own life, but it also wasn't a short journey. Think about this, okay? They didn't, we know that they didn't have motorized transportation back then. All of their travels was on foot or by uh, some, other an, some kind of animal that would take them across. And he left in a hurry. So we don't know how much he prepared for this journey because his parents said, you've got to get out of here or your brother's going to kill you. And, and so we know that he left in a hurry. But I want you just to think about this. The, the journey from Beersheba to Haran was 457 miles. Now let me kind of give you what that would be like for us here today. That would be the equivalent of walking from Fort Smith to either San Antonio or New Orleans. Can you imagine? And, and if you've ever, I, we just went to San Antonio this spring break, okay? And let me just say that, that the journey to San Antonio, it's pretty flat, right? I mean, you're going through Texas, so there's not a lot of hills, not a lot of curves, not a lot of bumps. It's just pretty much a straight stretch. It's interstate. I mean, you pretty much, once you hit the Oklahoma border, I mean, it's just straight through Texas. There's no hills there. There's barely any hills because we left from the River Valley. So there's barely any hills between here and Oklahoma border, you know. So, so, you know, so, so it's a pretty flat and straight stretch. New Orleans is a little bit tougher. You have a few more mountains to go through. But this journey that Jacob went on, it was pretty much a hill journey. I mean, he was having to travel over some pretty good-sized hills. He's on foot or has an animal with him that might have helped him along this journey. So as you can see, that journey was not easy. Can I tell you that in your life, as you're going in this spiritual journey, Jesus never said it was going to be an easy journey, amen? He never told you that it was going to be something that's smooth and easy to just keep walking and life's going to be happy and grand and wonderful and, and beautiful and, and you're going to get along with everybody and it's just going to be like, woo, you know. He never said that, right? He, he never said that this journey is going to be easy. He never said that this journey was going to be something that's easy for you to do. He never said it was going to be perfect. It has its ups and downs. It has its spiritual highs and lows. And there are times that you may even question whether or not God is there with you. Because that's this spiritual journey. That's this journey that we travel on. That's this path that we go on, the things that we do. On this entire journey, Jacob was met with many moments that were great. But he also had some hard moments as well. And that's when you have to learn when to rest and to let God restore you. Your journey will bring you to a place of rest. you hear me? Your journey is going to bring you to a place of rest. Genesis 28 verse 11 says, When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. You see, this wasn't very far from when he left home. It was only about 50 miles from his house where he stopped that first night. See, there was a difference about this place. There was something special about this place. The Bible doesn't tell us if he chose this place on purpose, you know, but 
This was also the place that his grandfather Abraham had built altars to Yahweh years earlier. Uh, Genesis chapter 12 verse 8 says, From there he went on toward the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. But it is Jacob's encounter with Yahweh that establishes it as a place of significance for the Israelites. Jacob was alone. There were no servants that we know of. He had made this trip all by himself. He was at a moment of fear. He was at a moment of abandonment in his life. No family, no friends. And in his time of rest, God shows up. Amen? And look what God tells him in verse 13. He says, there above it stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham, and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Let me let you know, in your moment of weakness, when you feel like you're all alone, God will give you a promise that you're not alone. Amen? God will show you that he will not leave you. You know, you can look all throughout Scripture. God promises his people that he will never leave them nor forsake them. And just as he did that for the people of the Bible, he will do that for us. He never leaves us. He is always by our side. But it was on this journey that Jacob became closer to God. So here's what I'm telling you today. Your journey will bring you closer to the Father. Amen? I told you. There's no scriptures that we know of where Jacob had any kind of connection with God prior to this moment. Can you imagine? He went through his life for 57 years without talking to God that we know of, at least nothing significant. Now, he heard of God. Don't you think that he heard his, his uh, uh, grandfather, or, about his, his, or maybe his father told him about his grandfather? Don't you think that they had those stories? I mean, can you imagine uh, Isaac saying, yeah, man, there was one time when I was, when I was young, and me and your grandfather, we, we went to this place, and he told me, he said, we're going to make a sacrifice. And we get up to the top of this mountain, and all of a sudden he starts grabbing me and putting me on this altar and strapping me down. And he said, I thought he's going to kill me, you know? I mean, can you imagine the story that Isaac's telling about Abraham, his father? I mean, I really thought he was going to kill me. And as he's getting ready to bring the knife down, all of a sudden he stops. And he sees a lamb over there, and he lets me up, and he goes over, and we sacrifice the lamb. You see, son, I can just imagine him sitting there talking to his boys. You see, son, God provided the sacrifice. You know, I mean, he heard about God. He knew about Yahweh. He understood about all, all those things. Why? Because he had probably been taught the stories, and he probably even said, hey, there's something special about our family. God made promises over our family, both for your grandfather and for me. There is something special. So he had heard the stories, but yet nowhere in scriptures do we see that he had ever had any kind of conversation with God. Let me tell you something. In your moments of rest, it's in those moments that you draw closer to the Father. Amen? 
It's in those moments of rest that we understand who God is, that we start digging into the Scriptures, that we start uh, praying, have a conversation with Him, and we understand what He has for us. It's in those moments of rest that we start drawing closer. We need to get closer to God, understand what God has for us. In this moment that that Jacob had, this was a sign that he had access to the throne of God through this dream, the ladder. My translation mentions, says staircase. Other translations call it a ladder. I couldn't bring a staircase in here for you, so I'm bringing you ladders. But it's in those moments, in that moment, as he's sitting there laying down and God gives him a vivid dream of God standing up in heaven and there is a ladder going up to heaven and the angels are ascending and descending upon that ladder. And you know, Jesus even told us something. John chapter 1 verse 51, uh, Jesus made it clear that he is the access to heaven. He said, very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. When Jesus died on the cross, the veil that was covering the Holy of Holies, it was ripped in two, and now you and I have access to God the Father as you continue on this spiritual journey and you stay in tune with God, you will grow closer with the Father. That dream changed Jacob's life that day. It changed his life forever. And when he woke up, that place was different to him. It meant different. There was something that happened. There was an experience that happened. I don't know about you, but there's three significant times in my life that I remember. I may not be able to tell you the exact date, but I can tell you the spot. I can tell you the exact spot. I can take you to that spot and tell you where God did something in my life. One of them was when I got saved. I was about four or five years old. It was at my home church in First Assembly. And I can take you to the spot in the old sanctuary. That church is still standing today. It's now their fellowship hall or a, <clears throat> some kind of, uh, they've decorated. It looks different. It don't look like no sanctuary no more. Uh, but you can go there and I can show you the exact spot where I said the prayer and asked Jesus to come into my heart. The second significant time in my life was when I was at camp. And I could go to the exact spot. Sure, the tabernacle has changed. They've changed the camp since from when I was there. But I can go to the exact spot and I can tell you, that was my spot when the baptism of the Holy Spirit came upon my life. I know that spot. There's something significant about that spot. And then there's a third time when I was called into ministry. It was in my bedroom at our old house in Russellville. And I remember the spot that I was at. I was watching a television evangelist. And I felt the call of God upon my life when he told me that I was called into the ministry. I remember that spot in my bedroom, on my bed, watching TV. I remember that spot. There's something significant about that spot where God changed your life. Some of y'all could probably tell me the spot here in this church where God changed you. You could probably go to a church that you grew up in and you could tell me where your spot was. Why? Because the presence of God moved and it was at that moment, at that time, that God changed your life. He did something in your life forever and you'll never be the same. Because of that spot where God showed up and God met you. Amen? 
And that's the way it was for Jacob. He got closer to God because of that spot. That spot was different. When he got up, he took that stone, he built an altar and said, we're going to call this Bethel, which means house of God. It was no longer just a place. It was no longer Luz. It was now Bethel. The name had been changed. Why? Because God showed up and God met him there. This morning, have you truly had an encounter with God? Do you remember your moment? Do you remember your moment? Hallelujah. And then as you continue on your journey, there are going to be times, and I want you to listen to me, there are going to be times when God will ask you to go back to Bethel. Can I, God never said this journey is going to be easy. Do you understand what I'm saying? When we walk on this journey, when we go from point A to point B, it's not easy. There are some rocks that may get in the way. There may be some obstacles that get in our way. There may be some, some uh, bad steps, maybe uh, uh, some, uh, a marriage that might have failed. There might have been uh, uh, some uh, uh, children that have passed uh, or some uh, parents that have passed or, or whatever you may be facing or going through. There are going to be obstacles that get in your way that may kind of derail you off your path that you get off your path and you get to a point down the road that God says it's time to go back to that spot it's time to go back to Bethel and let God do something all over again amen he did it once he can do it again amen he did it once he can do it again God loves you he cares for you he wants something great and glorious for you and sometimes on our journey when we get down the road it's time that we must go back to Bethel and we must have that encounter with God once again amen hallelujah Hallelujah. But God is going to bring you back to Bethel. You know, over the next several chapters, we read about Jacob's life. After this moment in Bethel, he, he works for Laban, his uncle. He eventually marries both of Laban's daughters, Rachel and Leah. And through those two daughters and their two servants, Jacob has 12 sons, and each tribe is named after one of Jacob's sons. He is also reunited with his brother Esau. So there was a lot of good things that took place after that encounter. And there were some dark moments for Jacob. There were some dark moments. His daughter Dinah is raped. Two of Jacob's sons go and they slaughter every man in that village of the man that raped her for revenge. They brought shame to the family. But it's in, it's in chapter 35 where we see God tell Jacob to go back you can go with me to Genesis 35 look at verses 1 through 6 real quickly then God said to Jacob go up to Bethel and settle there and build an altar there to God who appeared to you when you were fleeing from your brother Esau so Jacob said to his household and to all who were with him get rid of the foreign gods you have with you and purify yourselves and change your clothes then come, let us go up to Bethel, where I will build an altar to God who answered me in the day of my distress and who has been with me wherever I have gone. So they gave Jacob all the foreign gods they had and the rings in their ears, and Jacob buried them under the oak of Shechem. Then they set out, and the terror of God fell on the towns all around them so that no one pursued them. Jacob and all the people with him came to Luz, that is Bethel, 
in the land of Canaan. Hallelujah. There are going to be times that you have to go back. There are going to be times that you have to go back to Bethel. Some of you here today, you need to go back to that special place again. I'm not saying you have to physically go back to that spot. You know, whenever I struggle or go through a time, I don't go drive to Hot Springs and go to the campground and go stand in that spot. Number one, I couldn't get in because I don't have a key to the building. I don't go to Russellville First Assembly and say, hey, can I go in there and find my spot one more time? Can I tell you that your spot can be wherever you want it to be? God has done something. He wants to, he's done it before he can do it again. He's done it at one time in a spot. You can find a spot and say, Lord, I want to experience what I experienced back then. Don't you think God remembers what he, what he done in your life? Don't you think he remembers what he did for you? If he did it then, he can do it again. Amen? Hallelujah. But some of us, we have to go back. We have to go back. Whatever may happen in our life, whatever we may go through, God wants to take us to new heights. I don't want to stay in the same place that I've been at. You know what I mean? On my spiritual journey, I want to grow. I want want to, you know, the, the, the dream, the vision that Jacob had, it said the angels descended and ascended to heaven. And that meant that we had access to God. Now, I'm not saying you got to get on a ladder to have access to God, you know. I mean, I admit it, when I get up here, I can I see y'all pretty good up here. When I get up here, you know, I'm closer to God than y'all are. If the rapture was to take place right now, I'm going first, okay? Uh, so, or I'm just going to bust the roof and make it easier for y'all to go up, okay? But I'm closer to God right now than y'all are. Not really. But you know what I'm saying, right? We have to decide in our life when we go back to Bethel and to that spot, we know we've been through stuff. We know we've had some obstacles. We know we've had some issues. And we have to decide if we're going to go to another level or if we're just going to stay where we are. Where are we going? God wants to take us to heights that we've never reached before. Do you understand what I'm saying? We've got to get better, amen? We can't stay the same. We can't stay in that spot. Jacob wasn't the same person that he was when he had that first experience with God. Do you understand what I'm saying? That was the first experience that he had ever had. He didn't know, he didn't have a solid relationship with God that we know of, but we know that at Bethel, that first moment, he had an awesome experience. And then what happened? Life happened. Things happened. There was some good. There was some bad. All of a sudden, God says, you need to go back to Bethel. And then if you read the end of his life, you see of what God did for Jacob. It was unbelievable. The life that he lived, the family that he had, generations after generations after generations of people serving God. All of a sudden, guess what? The lineage of Jesus Christ came from the tribe of Judah. Judah, who was... Jacob's son. Do you see what I'm getting at? God wants to take us to new levels. He doesn't want us to stay where we're at. You know, some of us, we've gone up before. We've hit this level before, and we've, we've, we've peaked. And we say, I'm tired. I'm drained. I'm, 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 I'm weary. 
I've been hurting. And maybe sometimes on our ladder, we just kind of, you know, I just don't know what I can do anymore. I don't know if I can take it anymore. And, 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 and we can stay down here in a place, or we can say, you know what? That first moment, that first Bethel was good. I'm going to new heights, though. I'm going to go higher. I'm going to go stronger. I want to get to a better place. I want to get to a higher place. I want to go higher than I've ever been before. I want to be greater than I've ever been before. And I want to be on top of the mountain. I want to do what things that, God, I've, that God's never done in my life before. I want to see the peak. I want to get out of the valley. I don't want to stay there. But I want to go to new heights. I want to go to new places. I want to go to higher heights. I want to be all that God wants me to be. And I don't want to stay there. I don't want to stay in that valley. I don't want to stay in that place but I want to be higher than I've ever been. I want to soar to new heights and be who God has called me to be. Amen? Hallelujah. I want to go higher, God. I want to go higher. I don't want to stay. I want to get better. I want to be better. I want to do better. I want to be all that God wants me to be. My my question to you, what new heights are you going to let God take you to? What new heights are you going to let God take? Are you going to be satisfied down here on this little bitty ladder? Can I tell you that this ladder is a lot safer, isn't it? It's pretty comfortable. I can come up here. I can sit. I can hang out with you guys. Just I can stay here all day long. I'd never do this on that top ladder. Ain't no way. But here I can, I can stay here all day long. This is a four-foot ladder. I'm about you know six feet up. No big deal. We could stand here all day long. One of my, my wife hates this hobby of mine. One of my hobbies is I like watching wrestling. I know it's not a hobby, but I like watching wrestling. One of the most exciting matches of any wrestling match, if you've ever seen it, is a ladder match. And I can't imagine these guys, they climb up these heights, they do flips off of them. And I mean, it's unbelievable the athletic abilities that they have. It, it would terrify me. There's no way I could do that. This, this, this is comfortable. I can sit here all day. I could probably even jump off this onto a, a mat and, you know, and, and try to do a, I couldn't do a flip. Y'all don't want to see this guy do a flip. It would not be pretty. But I could stay here. These, these levels are comfortable, right? This level's comfortable. Some of y'all saying, I ain't even climbing that ladder, which that's fine. But this, this, this level is comfortable. It takes a lot more to go to this level. You, you understand what I'm saying? This is a seven-foot ladder. You're about nine feet up. You get up here. It's a lot higher than just that ladder there, is it not? It's quite a bit, isn't it? Here, I could try this. woo <laughs> My wife's like, please don't. <laughs> we were in here painting, and I have an extension ladder. I think it's about 16 feet up, and I was up there, and I was praying the whole time I was painting. Oh, Lord, please just help me not fall off this ladder, you know? Uh, I, it's taken me a lot to get over a fear of heights in my life. When you start becoming a house owner, a homeowner, uh, you uh, learn real quickly that you can't have fear of heights because you may have to get on the roof someday. Um, in my life, I don't want to stay down there. You see what I'm saying? In my spiritual walk with God, I want to go to new heights. I want him to take me to new places. I want him to take me to places that I've never been before. I want to see places that I've never experienced before. I want to walk with God in more ways that I've never been before. I don't want to stay down there where it's comfortable. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
Sometimes when God takes us to new heights, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's not, we might even have some fears that come up in, our, in our way. Do you get what I'm saying? Everybody understand what I'm saying? God wants to take us to another level. God wants to take us to a higher level and do some things that we've never done before. Experience things that we've never experienced before. Understand things that we've never understood before. But that's when we have to come back to our Bethel and we have to find that place and we have to get on our knees and we have to cry out to God and say, God, I want everything that you have for me to experience. I want more of you. I want more of you. Can we all stand? Hallelujah, Lord. Lord, I worship you. The worship team could come back. I asked Kent if we could sing that song here again. God, meet me here again. I want us to find a place to pray. All over this, you can stand, you can kneel, but I want us to get along with God this morning. God, I want to go to new heights. I want to go to places that I've never experienced before. I need to get back to my Bethel, Lord. And let me tell you, if you don't have a Bethel spot, make a Bethel spot this morning. Let God meet you here where, you're, where it's at. And say, Lord, I want to experience you like I've never experienced you before. I want you to come and move my life like you've never moved before. God, I want to know you more. I want to experience you more. Let's come as they begin to sing. Let's come this morning. And let's pray. Let's find a place all over this place. And just stand, kneel, whatever you want to do. Just come. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord God. Lord, I praise you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Can't go back to the beginning. Can't control what tomorrow But I know here in the middle is a place where you promised to be. I'm not enough unless you come. Will you meet me here again? All I want is all you are. Will you meet me here again? As I walk. Let your love rise above every fear Like the sun shaping shadow In my weakness your glory Not enough in 
Unless you come, will you meet me here again? Cause all I want is all you want. Will you meet me here again? Not for a minute was I forsaken. Lord is in this place. that's here this morning. God, I pray if there's anybody here that has never had that Bethel experience and they need to meet you this morning, then God, I pray right now, right where they're at, either here or at home, God, I pray that you go and touch them and minister to them. That they would just reach out and say a prayer. That that, that they would ask you to just come into their life, change their life, change their heart, and become new in their heart and their life. And God, that you would give them that Bethel experience, that experience right where they're at, Lord Jesus. And they will remember that day. That day is the day that I remember that Jesus came into my heart and he changed my life forever. God, I pray that you would touch the lives and the hearts of every person. And we give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Y'all can be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to remind everyone, we're asking you to help us give kindle fires to bible students in india these fire tablets have all the books that these students need to do their schoolwork. we're asking you to give to speed the light for this project we still have several months i just want to keep the reminder fresh in front of you each fire tablet is a hundred dollars and we're wanting to supply them with 30 of these tablets 
And let me just say thank you for all your gifts. You, you have, you, y'all have given, you've blessed this church uh, in numerous ways. And so let me just say thank you. Uh, let me encourage you to uh, uh, just continue to be faithful. I, I truly believe that when we are faithful to God, I believe that he will pour us out blessings. You know, there are people out there on the internet say, oh, you don't have to tithe, or it was an Old Testament thing, or whatever. And you can, and you can that's fine. You can, base, you can base your arguments on whatever you want to base them on. But let me tell you this. I know that for me and my wife, that as we give, God pours out blessings into our life. You can call it a coincidence, you can say whatever you want, but I know that it's been that God has blessed us and God has poured into our lives. And there's other people here that could give you testimonies of what God has done. So let me just say thank you for your faithfulness. Continue to be faithful with what God wants to do. Before we pray to dismiss, I want to remind you tonight is youth at six o'clock. Uh, is this the last week for rib cells, or do you you would take up till huh, Wednesday? So through Wednesday, you can still, if you have any more orders that you would like to get in, see Kent or another ranger or another commander, and uh, they'll take your order. Um, those will be available uh, Memorial Day weekend. They're $25 for a rack of ribs. And all you guys that came yet last night, uh, those were pretty good, right? And those are, that's a sample of what we will have for uh, Memorial Day weekend. So get your orders in now. Uh, and so um, it's going to be good. Um, this Saturday, after the food pantry, David Lawson and a group is going to go to Creekmore Park, and they're going to be cooking hot dogs and handing them out to people. And he needs people that are willing to go with him. If you'd like to go, uh, and we're just, you're just going to be friendly. You're just going to go show the love of Jesus in a tangible way. Uh, just giving somebody a, a free hot dog and just, you know, and talking to them. And if you get an opportunity to invite them to church, you take that opportunity and, and, and give an invite to church. We're just keeping it simple. It's going to be great, but they're going to go Saturday right after the food pantry is done. And it'll be around. If you, if you want to go, be here anywhere between 10.30 and 11. And uh, we'll go and uh, we're going to make a, a pretty good little afternoon. This is Saturday. This Saturday. This coming Saturday. Yep. So, all right, let's all stand one last time, and let's pray over this offering. God, we just thank you for this time that we can come and be in your service, be in your house. God, you have moved in a mighty way today. God, you've touched hearts and lives, and I just pray that they would take this message, and they would take it to heart, and know that if they get to a point or a place that it's time, that you're going to speak to their hearts and tell them to go back to that spot. Go back to their personal Bethel and meet with you again. And, and, and they would just walk with you on this journey, God. You will keep them safe. You will walk beside them each step of the way. So, God, I pray that as they go forth, God, they go forth in this journey, God, and they continue to work in your, in your spirit, that you would guide them and direct them in every step that they take. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Y'all have a wonderful week. The, uh, the ushers are back there. There's also a, uh, a box out in the foyer. Hallelujah.